Welcome to Awaken the Sleeping Lions, the podcast for revolutionary men. I am your host, Silver Storic. The world is ready to hear you roar. Let's set the world on fire. Welcome, brothers. Welcome to Awaken the Sleeping Lions and a special warm welcome to you, my dear friend, Deus. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Happy to be chatting with you finally. Yes, I always love our conversations. We end up going down these incredible threads and, and vortexes. And yeah, I never know where our conversation and dialogue is going to go and i'm super super excited to drop in today with the the topic that you chose which is really how to come into deeper connection with self and others and how to acknowledge the emotions that have been denied so that one can resolve that and the heart can be open again and to be able to soften into the pain that hasn't been felt so it can be healed, so we can come into loving contact with others, resolving unconscious traumas and pain that has been hidden in those dark, elusive, secret places. Those dark, secret <laughs> spaces. Nice, ominous segue. <laughs> Yeah. So just before we dive into the, the topic and, and why you chose that, I would love to, to hear an introduction from you as to what you're up to. And I'll let you stack on, on my, my perception of you. I've known you for just over a year now properly. And what I see in front of me is a man who is dedicated to mastery. And you have mastered many, many modalities, including breath work, shamanism. You've been you've been a monk. You've 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 been with the the Native Americans of this this sacred land and doing this sun dance. And you are a facilitator of plant medicine as well, and an incredible poet and lyricist so i know spoken word is your thing and language is is always at the forefront the the intelligence and the preciseness that you create within language and that's that's my perception of you which makes you an incredibly grounded master mm. well Thank you for that very generous perception. <laughs> I, I would not claim to be a master in any of the things that I'm engaged in, but I definitely have some experience and some knowledge in those spaces, but very much a student in all of those territories that you're talking about. I'm an accelerated evolution coach, so that means many things, but I have a master class for men, a self-mastery program for men. As you mentioned, I'm a plant medicine facilitator a breathwork practitioner and a transformational artist. So I'm certified in various modalities, but I've kind of uh, synthesized those into a comprehensive transformation facilitation style. So the way that I frame it is the three major spiritual pillars that influence my perception and approach to things are first the um, path of Kriya Yoga, through Paramahansa Yogananda. So this is an ancient yogic science of energy control and meditation combined with the more shamanic realms of plant medicine and the indigenous traditions that I've been exposed to and have been a support of mostly the Blackfoot tradition down in Southern Alberta. So those three pillars kind of inform my perspective and approach to any type of trauma-based or transformational facilitation. 
Yeah. And yeah, I just want to acknowledge your commitment and dedication to, to discovering what lurks in every, every hidden corner so that you can be a more complete man and, and facilitator so that you can support others through whatever, whatever traumas that they are suffering from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> the evolution never ends. Yeah. So yeah, let's d- dive into the, the topic and, and why you chose that day as well. Why did you decide to bring that today? Well, that came about from you asking the question, what is my message? And my response was something akin to, I don't really have a specific message. My whole approach to engaging with anyone, in particular those that I'm in service to formally, is to make genuine contact with them as a person. Because everybody needs different things. Everybody has a different constitution. They have different strengths, different challenges. But one of the things that all of us have in common is resolving the distortions within our psycho-emotional system so that we can open back to contact with life as a whole. And that happens in relationship. It doesn't happen as this isolated thing over here in the corner. That healing really takes place in relationship to deeper aspects of ourselves, with each other, with the planet, and that's something that all of us have in common. So it just makes sense for that to be a starting point for a conversation around you know, what it means to really come alive, especially right now in our world that's going through so much challenge and upset and uncertainty and chaos and confusion. It's really quite simple, you know, even though it's not easy to come back into heart connection with each other in the midst of all of these various conflicts that are showing up in people's lives yeah the the simplicity is is the key for sure yet there are these human complexities in the way and i know i've i've certainly been deconstructing them over the last the, the last couple of years and it it feels like from our recent conversations we've, we've been on a, a similar trajectory you know shining the the light into that dark secret cave to to really coax out whatever's been hiding in there. What's yeah, and it's it. If I can just jump yeah, in yeah. there for a second, just to reframe that a little bit, one of the things that is important to realize in any kind of shadow work or transformational work is that the the human complexities are not actually in the way; those are the way the complexities that each person is bringing to a circumstance, their triggers, their traumas, their wounds, their fears, those are actually the catalysts for transformation for that particular person because those are the signposts towards where there is painful past programming and the resolution of that actually leads to the evolution of the person. So there is no obstacle. Those are actually the catalysts for transformation and coming into contact with those things is the very thing that, that instigates healing on the deepest levels. So when we can open up to that as a concept that there's nothing we actually need to fight against, but we do need to lean into those things with greater skill and capacity and support, that is what is going to bring us what we're seeking, which is a greater sense of wholeness. And it's accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. But as you're saying, it's unique to each person. So it's important to get to know ourselves and get to know each other as unique individuals to see where we can best support each other and come back into contact. Yeah, I can so relate to that. And it's, it's that, it's that wholeness that allows us to come into to contact, right? Because I mean, I can, I can share firsthand my struggle with looking at those those shadow aspects of myself, there's, there's always been an internal turmoil or, or struggle or fight going on. It's like, no, <laughs> I, I cannot acknowledge you. I will not accept you. I will not see you. And sometimes that comes across as I, I need to heal you. I need to disappear you. You need to be gone. Mm-hmm. And that creates this internal dissonance and dis-ease in the body. Yeah, it creates a schism between who you are 
in a moment and who you want to be. And it vilifies some aspect of yourself, which is one of the things that actually perpetuates painful past programming. It's trying to push away certain feelings or certain experiences, and it's trying to cling on to other aspects of who we are. And that polarization is what creates the, the perpetuation of suffering. You know, so it's, it's an easy way to frame this. And um, I share this with a lot of people that I work with who come into plant medicine ceremonies in particular. A lot of people come into those spaces looking for some kind of magic pill, some kind right. of holy moment that will remove all of the things that have been creating suffering in their lives. And they just magically emerge out the other side, a whole and complete being with permanent contact with God consciousness where all of the traumas have just evaporated into thin air. And I'm healed. The, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come take away all of my pain so that I can be whole again. And that's not the purpose. And that's not the point. That's not how medicines work. That's not how transformational work unfolds. And it doesn't even matter if it's in plant medicine ceremonies. This is true in any kind of shadow work or, or breath work, body-centered psychotherapy, traditional psychotherapy. But one of the helpful things to frame that is an understanding of trauma and what trauma is. A lot of people use the term trauma without actually understanding what it is that they're talking about. Every person is carrying trauma in some way, shape, or form. The trauma is not the thing that happened to us. The trauma is what we hold on to from that experience, what hasn't been processed from that experience. And to understand this, one of the helpful frames is to go back into childhood and to acknowledge that throughout our upbringing, we are trained. We are trained that if we feel and express certain things, if we behave in certain ways, we're punished. It leads to pain, it leads to rejection, it leads to the withdrawal of love. And then if we feel and express other things, if we behave in other ways, then we're rewarded. We are praised and acknowledged and we receive love. And to a child, this is no small matter. This is the difference between life and death to the nervous system of a child. And we're, when we're going through intense experiences, that activates the nervous system into an intense fight or flight response. And if there's no way to overcome that threat, then the system goes into a shutdown response or a freeze response. And that energy, that emotional experience is basically locked in the system because it's too intense to be processed at that time. So it's literally pushed down into the recesses of the psyche. It's stored in the body and it's held perpetually. And this process of resolving that wound reverses the trajectory of the nervous system where these frozen areas of energy and emotion start to thaw and then they reverse their flow. It moves back into the nervous system and into the emotions and into awareness, into experience in its original intensity, which feels inherently overwhelming and threatening. Those are the qualities of unprocessed emotion or trauma rising up to the surface to be discharged. It doesn't just evaporate. It passes through the system. It's a memory. It's a psycho-emotional memory that is rising up and it feels overwhelming. But that's what actually gives us the opportunity to renegotiate our relationship with that energy, to feel it fully in a safe and supportive environment so that it can be integrated, that it can be processed and it can be discharged. So it actually leads us into intensity as an initial step. And rather than trying to get rid of it or change it or control it in some way, by actually relaxing into that experience and to be held through that, that's what actually allows the experience to be integrated and resolved within the system. So oftentimes people go into experiences with this you know, this magic pill idea in their mind, and it unfolds in the opposite way than what they were expecting. It actually right. aggravates the thing that they were trying to get away from. And they're like, what is going on? I wanted <laughs> peace. Why am I feeling grief and confusion and anger and upset? 
And it's because that is the process of healing whatever it is that's unresolved in the system. It get, gets activated in its full intensity so that it can be felt and then discharged out of the nervous system. And that leads to resolution, not from rejection, but from full acceptance and allowance of all feelings without being dependent upon any type of enforced, solidified, regulatory process. It's an, it's an allowance, and that increases your capacity for intensity and opens you back up again in areas that have been shut down. So it's a very different process from what a lot of people have in their minds. They're thinking, oh, to resolve trauma, I need to you know, stop thinking negative thoughts and, and be positive and, mm. and remove all of the triggers so that I'm not feeling bad or upset or angry. When the process itself is actually, no, you, you actually have to go into those things. You have to resolve your relationship to those feelings. Mm. And that will lead you to your innate state of wholeness that was broken when you first experienced that, which created a schism in your being and had you separate yourself from aspects of reality, aspects of identity, aspects of feeling. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's so profound for the listeners and all you men out there really to, to get this, this communication because many men suffer from depression and anxiety, frustration, exhaustion, burnout. And, and really when we look at all of those you know, it's it's what Deus is talking about. It's 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 just emotions that that want to be acknowledged, or you know, past traumas that have come from various events in our lives that just keep being being activated over and over again within our lives, and they just they just want to be fully fully expressed. Yet, what we tend to do is we tend to mask them or hide them or uh, deny them space inside of us with the use of addictions, for example, instead of, you know, being that, that traumatized deer that's just been chased by the lion that goes behind the bush when it's finally escaped and just shakes uncontrollably for, for 10, 15, 30 minutes, and then it's right as rain again. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an incredible, powerful access to, to that relationship with the whole self, right? Mm -hmm. Which can be challenging to do in, well, it is challenging to do, especially in a world that has very little space for mm -hmm. the full intensity of emotional expression. Right. You know? Like the ways that we've learned to cope, the way that we've learned to behave in the world is not the enemy. That is a very intelligent response to the system so that it continue, it can continue functioning in an efficient way within society. And so a big part of the question right now for a lot of people is where can I go? Right. Where all of my feelings and expressions are allowed, not just allowed, but held and even celebrated. Hmm. Like where can I go to feel loved? regardless of how I am feeling or what I am expressing, do those spaces exist? And as a culture, you know, this ties back into why I propose this as a topic of discussion. This is the most important thing from my perspective as we seek to evolve as individuals, but also as a collective is to learn how to be present with the full spectrum of the human experience with each other yeah yeah being able to hold space for each other within that full spectrum it creates that that loving connection that we we truly desire you know i think as men we really want to have that deep trust in in those around us and when we allow others to hold space for us we can we can certainly access that mm -hmm. and i know we've done that for each other a number of times in our in our high vibe brotherhood here in north vancouver and i was 
especially privileged to have all of you hold space for me in a very, very vulnerable moment where I really, I really got how depression had been present in a large part of my life. And it was a real blind spot. And just being able to be held by, by other men in that, that safe container and literally have all of you holding space for me, like holding me from behind, touching me, encouraging me to breathe, um, which just unlocked the emotion. It's very hard for tears to, to come through my eyeballs, but you know, mm-hmm. in that moment with that support and that surrender, it, it happened and it was the most incredible release. And yeah, it's given me tingles now recalling that moment. I just felt so, so loved and, and, and supported. And mm-hmm. I couldn't have got there on my own. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And to be honest, through that process, the depression very quickly evaporated. Mm-hmm. You know, within with, literally within a week or two after that, that process and allowing myself to be seen and, and allowing myself to be incredibly messy and, and, and cry in front of other men. There was incredibly, I'm hesitant to say the word healing, but it was, it was healing in a way that it allowed me to integrate that shadow side of myself that I denied most of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, men's groups are incredibly important containers for that reason to come together and relearn how to be with other men in a safe, supportive, vulnerable way that offers loving support, but also challenge when necessary, but building that, that level of trust with men so that the defense, the layers of defense can start to soften and dissolve and what's been hiding under the surface can actually come up. And that really heals the collective as well. It gives the collective permission to, to be vulnerable, to be messy, to be authentic. And on that note, what, what do you feel has, has supported you over, over your journey to really um, unlock a more comprehensive and whole relationship with yourself and your shadows? Hmm. There's been a lot of different things, but I'll, I'll tell a story of one of the most significant. This is a transition point for me, and maybe just to preface it a little bit. I have a background in Kriya Yoga, as I was mentioning before, which is a very interiorized practice. So if something shows up through a trigger or in a relationship with somebody, the process is to go inside in deep meditation to offer that at the feet of the divine and to transmute it internally. It's very much removed from relationship with other people. And I immersed myself in that for many years, many, many hours of meditation and had developed that as a practice, but was continuously finding that I was incredibly lonely, periodically depressed, and not really sure how to engage in the world. You know, I didn't want to speak about the things that I cared most about because they were internal, very hard to find words for. And I didn't care about any of the superficial things. So that didn't leave a lot of middle ground to relate to other people. So I really struggled to be a part of the world and was searching for quite a few years. I would do seasonal work to make money and then I would travel taking different programs and workshops and visiting family and all of these things. And I was trying to find how to bridge this gap between my internal life, which is so rich and satisfying in this external world so that I could be in relationship and not be alone. You know, this was a big thing, how to not be alone in a meaningful way. And I ended up stumbling across this program called transformative art, which really changed the whole direction of my life. So this was a program called Creativity and Consciousness by one of my teachers, Dana Lynn Anderson, who's based out of Laurelwood, Oregon, and also Assisi, Italy. 
and she founded the Awakening Arts Academy. And she has a PhD in consciousness studies from John Hopkins University, which I had no idea you could get a PhD in up until that point. So a very well-educated woman. And she was also uh, practicing Kriya Yogi for decades. And she was also an incredibly skilled artist. And she had combined these into what she calls transformative art. And the whole process for this was about tuning in deeply to what you were feeling in any given moment, regardless of what the content was. Right? So you start with physical sensation, and then you allow the emotion of that sensation to rise up to the surface. And for a period of time, you surrender yourself over to that feeling. You allow that feeling to take control of your system and all of its expressions. And then you channel that out into some sort of artistic expression through movement or mm. through sound or through painting, through sculpting, through language, whatever it is. But the, the main point of consideration here is that you are not deliberately controlling the expression. Right. allowing the feeling itself to guide all movements and expressions without inhibiting or filtering it in any way. So this is accomplishing two things. One, it's, it's resensitizing what I call your inner landscape. And two, it's dissolving the fears and the inhibitions and the blockages around the expression of that, essentially creating a bridge between your inner world and your outer expression. And one of the benefits of doing this through an artistic medium is that it can be done in a really playful, really focused way. And you can share in that experience with a group of people and that creates a connection with everybody involved. And so if, if my feeling was coming out through paint, there's an objective representation of a living energy inside of me through color and through image. And then I can share that with other people and they can connect to me by connecting to that piece of art and they can share how it makes them feel mm. how it impacts them and in that way we're connected something that had been intensely personal has now been shared and created a connection point between myself and between others and that was the bridge that i was looking for for a very long time it reconciled the schism between my inner world and my outer world right created an opportunity for deeper expression knowing that whatever it was that I was expressing was not defining who I am or what I am. It's simply in expressing a living energy that I am in contact with in a moment. And then through that, you know, it became a, a practice, a daily practice of going into these spaces, of coming into deep connection with what I'm feeling and allowing that time and space to express itself, which led me to come to understand myself more fully. It opened up my capacity to express both verbally and through my body and through sounds, through all the different ways that we express ourselves and started deepening the relationships that I had in my life. Wow. I, lo I love the description of that process, this unfiltered release of emotion and an expression in the, in, the, in the physical, the somatic, the sonic expression that, that is resulting in this material art piece. Just, I mean, <laughs> you could just go completely wild. And wow, I, I can only imagine what those art pieces looked like. You know, just just splattered with emotion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and it's not about the finished product. Like you're not trying to generate, you know, a refined piece yeah. of art through this. And this was a big part of the process of taking the emphasis off of the finished product and putting it on the process itself of feeling and expressing. And inevitably, people would confront some sort of blockage in that area. You know, like. Oftentimes when people would come in for a weekend workshop or something, every now and then somebody would, would share 
something like, oh, I can't move or I can't dance. I'm just blocked. And then Dana would respond with something like, that's wonderful. <laughs> what is, what is, what does it feel like to be blocked? Yeah. And what does a block move like? What exactly. does that block sound like? And this ties into what I was saying before. There's actually nothing in the way. Whatever it is that's showing up is the process. Exactly. Give people a direct experience of this was one of the transformational parts of that whole exploration. Exactly. I love that reminder. It's, it's, it's a process that, that I often do with our, our clients, that somatic experience of what's, what's alive. And just to, to be a block, as you describe it, it's just like ah, to be stuck and to move in that rigid way and to be pushing and to be constrained, just to feel that in every muscle in your body and to work with that and to move that allows the 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 freedom to just to just come through right yeah such a powerful practice yeah 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 and and i I love how it can be expressed in art because we we, you know as as artists and creatives it's very easy to to take (laughs) take weeks months years creating something Whereas it can just be expressed in in a matter of moments, if it, if it's real and authentic and unfiltered, and yeah, I mean, when I see that from from friends, like I had a I had a man that we both know in in my arms in the river last well yesterday we went for a cold dip and he he'd had an emotional experience and. And he was just crying in my arms and we're just sitting naked in the river together and just being able to hold him through that without, without any thoughts of trying to fix him, without any judgment or, or need to change the experience. And how, how can we encourage men to have you know, more of these experiences, whether it's through what you just described, through the, the transformational art, or whether it's with other men. I mean, there's countless ways you can do it. The main thing that I'll share is that it's a practice because we've learned to be the way that we currently are. And so there's a deconstruction process of the patterns and the programs that we have learned, that we have adopted. And so this this is the value of engaging in something like a men's group or adopting a feeling practice or a transformative art practice or going to ecstatic dance or just making time throughout the day to sound like i'm curious i'm really curious about how many people do this in their lives because i do this in my life where and this isn't something that i intend but when i'm alone and I'm feeling a really intense emotion, I will make sounds, you know, like if really uncomfortable experience of like shame happened to me and then I'm by myself, I'll like, uh, like cringe my face and I'll be like, uh, 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 and I'll organically start moving into fuck. Oh my God. uh, uh," And I'll just start making sounds. When I'm around other people, I rarely do that. There's, a, there's an inhibition there. There's a, a regulation there, you know? And so just making that some kind of dedicated practice of being with yourself first mm-hmm. so that you can practice feeling and expressing and then seeking out and finding groups where that's encouraged and supported so that you can bring the relational aspect into that exploration that's what's going to start opening things up because it can be really hard to be in a group and to be invited into sharing something that feels incredibly vulnerable and threatening. That can be a big leap for a lot of people, especially when there's so much evidence that they can draw upon in their own life experience that's telling them it's not safe to do that. Right. So the starting point is always with yourself 
first so that you can familiarize yourself with that process. You can come into contact with feelings without it being something super intense, you know, like don't wait until you're triggered out of your mind to try to start going into a feeling, you know, sit down for two to five minutes and just feel your body when you wake up in the morning or before you go to sleep at night so that you can come back into contact with sensation. That's always the starting point. And then everything starts to unfold from there organically. You don't have to try or push or force anything. Your system knows how to heal itself when it's not being held in place. So this is what I would say to that. Make it some kind of daily practice to feel your feelings and then seek out environments, groups, training programs, supports, environments where that's encouraged, welcome, and held in a good way so that you can start practicing doing that around other people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it, it really starts with that, that deconstruction and that expression of what wants to be expressed. And, and let's face it, guys, if we're not expressing these emotions at at home on our own, then they're going to come out in in other manipulative, toxic, unhealthy ways. You know, we're gonna we're gonna snap at the driver who cuts us up and and go ballistic. We're gonna, you know, be pissed off with the with the lady at the checkout for going so slow. We're gonna take it out on our partner. You know, this is this is what's happening in society is we're just being it's all being bottled up and it's not being expressed. Whereas mm. literally as Dea says, it can be expressed in, you know, one to two minutes even just to really go there go into that shame or go into that frustration or exhaustion or procrastination or anger whatever it is a couple other thoughts on that is that this is also true with the quote-unquote positive feelings as well now how often do people suppress or repress their joy and their excitement and their pleasure because that could be embarrassing or shameful, Mm. you know? So this is why turning it into a practice, regardless of what's going on in your world is so important because there's a whole spectrum of feeling that is available to us. The the heights and the depths of feeling that we are capable of is, is just unimaginable to the average person who is so desensitized to the magnitude of feeling that we're capable of. But that, that level of intensity is really hard to manage when the threshold, the window of tolerance is so small. And that's what's happened in so many people. Mm. You just put them into a chronic state of stress. And then the threshold for intensity, anything that falls outside the window of what is tolerable overwhelms the system or plummets them into collapse. We have to start opening, expanding the container of our threshold of feeling, which is why it has to be a practice and why I'm saying, don't wait until you're triggered to do this, because if you're triggered, you're already overwhelmed. Yeah, It's already hijacking the entire system. And if you suppress one feeling, you suppress all feelings because what you're doing is suppressing your capacity to feel. It's not just one emotion you're pushing down. You're pushing down your capacity to feel across the board. So to titrate this opening through a regular practice expands your capacity to feel joy and excitement and pleasure and all of the things that we're really yearning for. It's all connected. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you included all those, those emotions that, that we suppress as well. It's like, you know, when I hear you talking there, Deus, it's like these societal norms are like the walls closing in. And, and compressing compressing our emotional capacity and our feeling state. And as you say, we, we must expand our, our containers and our vessels so that we can experience the vastness of all these emotions that as humans, you know, it's one of our greatest gifts, yet so many of us are walking through life completely numb or, or even flatlining. Mm-hmm. So... 
Yeah. That's... Yeah. It's a big process. The other thing I wanted to mention just so that it is noted is it, it, it is possible to transmute an emotion or a feeling without going into the full intensity of expression. These are the internalized processes of working with consciousness directly. This ties into the science of yoga. This also ties into accelerated evolution methods, which is actually going inside and connecting with the full intensity of a feeling, but you're not transitioning into expression. You're actually just working with the energy itself. Mm -hmm. But one of the caveats that I want to say with that is most people who think they're transmuting an emotion in re reality are just suppressing it. Right. It takes a tremendous amount of skill to be able to transmute a feeling internally successfully. And it, that takes a lot of practice and it, that is hinged upon your capacity to feel fully. So it's the same feeling practice. It's just what kind of um, methodology are you utilizing to work with that energy? And one of the benefits of allowing expression, like I was saying before, is that starts to dissolve the fears, the inhibitions, and the blockages around expression that actually limit our capability to connect with others authentically. So there's mutual, there's multiple benefits of working with it externally in that way. The benefit of working with it internally is you become self-sufficient in your ability to be with the full intensity of experience without relying upon some sort of external container to hold you through that. But that, I would say that's more of an advanced practice, not because it's superior, but it because it relies upon a certain amount of um, capacity to feel and navigate and direct energies, which is the result of a lot of practice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the result of a lot of practice, and and really, it's we just want to anchor that the the practice is what allows you to deconstruct those old ways of being or the resistance to to feeling the vastness of your emotions. So yeah, be in the practice, guys, and yeah, just keep it simple. Just start one practice, whether it's just expressing your emotion, whatever's alive, for one to two minutes a day. If you don't have a private space, do it in the shower, do it and do it in the car, you know, do it outside, go for, go for a hike, whatever, wherever you can. And then just, just layer it and build it up because then as Dea says, the more you do that, the more you're going to be able to actually feel the energy and the, the sensations in your body. And, and then you can move it to that next level of, of transmutation. So I'd, I'd really like to talk about integration because, sure. you know, this is, this, this was a major missing piece of the puzzle for me, you know, as I was trying to heal myself. I mean, I did God knows how many self-development courses and programs through the years. I must've spent, I don't know, 150 grand on courses and programs. And I never got what I have got in the last couple of years due to the, the, the nonsense that's going on in the world for which I am incredibly grateful because it gave me what I was always looking for. And that was integration. Mm. Mm. So what's your experience of integration and, and how, how can you describe that to the men and how they can really um, integrate those, those shadow sides? Well, when you said that everything that's happening in the world right now led to your integration, what do you mean by that? I'm glad you asked. It, it really made me look at those shadows. I had no other choice because they were being triggered over and over and over again, multiple times a day until, you know, that, that dark secret cave just overflowed into my life. And I had no other choice but to, to look at what was in there. And, and I don't think that would have happened if, you know, we hadn't had this, this craziness going on. Okay. So I, I would define integration in a slightly different way. So what I'm hearing from you is that what's going on in the world helped to bring to the surface certain aspects of your being that you wouldn't have been able to access otherwise so that it could be processed. 
Exactly. It brought it out into the open so that it could be it could be processed, it could be understood, it could be expressed, it could be acknowledged, which was part of the integration process. And, and that internal turmoil or, or fight was, was over, it was dissipating. Uh-huh. And that was a big part of the integration process and moving more into wholeness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw some concepts out here and maybe I'll just preface it by saying in no way is this true. I'm just putting languaging around it to be able to talk about specific components of this process that you're bringing up. So in experiences like what's going on in the world, or again, plant medicine ceremony is the easiest reference point because it's so visible and it's a very intense, but very short lived container so that you can actually see this process in real time. But what I hear you talking about is activation and discharge. So it's an activation of a charge that has been lying dormant in the system. So trigger activates that brings it up to the surface to be seen and felt fully yeah and then discharge occurs as that is felt fully because it's allowed to actually move Mm. through the system so that it's no longer being held right so how i would speak about integration is slightly different because what you're talking about is going into and processing a feeling so for me integration actually occurs after that experience after the discharge exactly because after the activation all you're doing is surrendering deeper and deeper into allowing that feeling to be there and move through the system so this is a process of softening into intensity and there's a lot of healing that can occur there but integration has to take place following that experience because you're restructuring your whole system Right. You're recapitulating your physical, mental, emotional, energetic body. And then there's a kind of like a, a orientation process that takes place after that, where your system is recalibrating to the newness. Now that it's no longer holding on to that weight, holding on to that energy, how does it move now? How does it interact now? Maybe there's a recovery process that takes place after that experience. This is the integration component, as I would speak about it. So using these definitions, integration, there's basically two components to it. One is passive. It doesn't require anything from you. It's like if you're going through a uh, detox process, Mm -hmm. there's nothing you need to do. It's your system just naturally releasing toxins and replenishing nutrients. All you really need to do is take really good care of yourself during that process, making sure you're getting enough rest, making sure you're staying hydrated, getting some basic physical activity, doing some self-care. That's your responsibility, is just really nurturing your system so that it can do what it does best, which is recalibrate and come back to homeostasis. But there's also an active component of integration. And this is something that a lot of people miss, especially in regards to plant medicine ceremonies. And this active component requires your participation. Mm-hmm. And it basically has a few steps. The first is to harvest the realization from that experience. So what are you more conscious of now? What have you learned from that experience? You actually harvest the realization, the insight that has been generated from that experience. You need to identify it to make it conscious. And then if you want, you can carve out some detail there. Like what is good for me about this realization? What's good for others as a result of me having this realization? Why is it valuable? You know, you can really kind of carve out some details. So there's greater breadth and depth to the realization, but really it's the important part is identifying what it is. What have you learned? What's the insight? And then the next step is to transition that into a practical action step. And it needs to be specific. (laughs) This is really (laughs) important. Like if somebody comes out of an experience and they're like, 
wow, I just need to love people more. And oh my God, my heart has been so closed. I want to, I'm going to be more authentic in my relationships. And it's like, okay, great. What's one specific thing you're going to do to live that more fully? And the person is like, I'm going to be more present with people. That's great. You're going to forget. What is one specific way you will be more present with people? Maybe it's you're going to make eye contact <clears throat> with a person. Or when you meet somebody new, you're going to repeat their name five times in your mind so that you can remember them. You know, it's important for the mind to grab onto something specific, something actionable, because what integration is on this active side is the transition of turning a realization, which is theoretical into an actualization, which is embodied and lived. And that doesn't happen without deliberate effort. And you need to be able to identify a specific so that you can actually track its implementation. So you have the passive aspect of integration, which is just nurturing your system so that it can recalibrate. And then there's the active component, harvesting the realization, making it conscious, and then implementing it so it becomes lived. That's how your life actually transforms. If you don't do that, then chances are you will fall back into pre-established patterns because you are not consciously implementing something new. You are relying on the pre-patterned behavior, which is what you're trying to shift. So that's what integration is, transition of realization into actualization so it becomes embodied and it becomes lived. And that is how you generate wisdom. It's turning something that is known intellectually and you embody it. That's what wisdom is. So powerful. It's such an incredible distinction for, for all the listeners and men out there. Because, you know, what Deus is talking about is you're, you're stepping into a new, new way of being. And unless you anchor those realizations and just hearing you describe this comprehensively and articulately as you always do, it's one of your greatest skills. It's really su supported me to get those, those extra components of, of the, the realization process so that I can anchor those realizations and insights of my experience over the last two years and, and really yeah, bring energy to them and then consciously create practices, yeah, specific yeah. practices that actually anchor that new way of being or that new frequency. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be complicated. Like I can't no. even think of how many times I've had a client come out of this profound experience and we go through this integration process. And the thing that they realize is that they need to take deeper breaths right. or, or to, you know, or something like I need to move my body more, yeah. you know, or like I need to reach out to my mom and tell her that I love her. It's like very, very simple things that have profound implications on how we are moving through the world. And that process of releasing mm. the things that have prevented that, making it conscious and then living it. That is the transformation. The magnitude of the action step doesn't matter at all. It just matters that you're implementing the thing that you have now realized. That's where the transformation occurs. And that's how you change the pattern program. It's how you change the belief system. It's how you change the entire psycho-emotional system. And that's how you bring a new world into existence, a new possibility, a new way of being, a new relationship. Yeah. So... So powerful and so simple. That's right. I know. <laughs> That's oh. a lot of words for that, something so simple. That's true. That's true. Oh, and yeah. What What are your What are your final words on you know resolving all of this so that you know our hearts as men can be more open again and we can soften. And yeah, just come into more loving, loving 
contact with others. I think in closing, one of the things that I've witnessed a lot in men's work is men trying to amplify some kind of warrior energy. Like they need to push or force or grow and constantly push the boundaries of intensity in order to reclaim their masculine self. And I think while there's a lot of value there, I think that's actually part of the programming we've received and that there is a tremendous amount of value that can be found for men and women, everybody, but men in particular, because generally we're more emotionally desensitized than women, is to come back into a nurturing, patient, loving relationship with ourselves. Some of the most powerful qualities for myself, for others that I've been in contact with along this journey, has been contemplating forgiveness and patience in this process of opening back up to feeling. Mm. No pushing, no forcing, a relaxing into what is true and knowing that You've never done anything wrong. You've just learned how to cope. And as you understand that forgiveness naturally arises for the ways that you've been, for the things that you've, have happened to you, and as you learn how to surrender to the intelligence of your system, knowing that there's no way to speed up that intelligent process, that is the most efficient way to resolve energy to surrender to the innate intelligence of your system, then naturally patience starts arising. And so as you engage in this journey, wherever you're at and whatever it is that you're facing, learning how to be gentle with yourself and to contemplate forgiveness and have patience with the process will actually speed everything up and turn it into an opening rather than a hardening, which can sometimes happen as men try to be more manly. Mm. I feel so embodied just listening to that, that gentle, forgiving. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel the force evaporated in that moment. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful moment to to end on. And and for our our men out there, our brothers, how can they connect with you and find out more about your offerings? So my personal offerings, you can learn about those at deusforte.com, D-E-U-S-F-O-R-T-I-E-R.com. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also have a masterclass for men that uh, runs every three months or so. <clears throat> and I also do breathwork sessions. And then in terms of group facilitation, specifically around plant medicine, I often work with my partner, Aga in those spaces and you can find all our upcoming offerings at thesomaheart.com thesoma s-o-m-a heart.com excellent and we'll drop those links in the description of the podcast for you guys and i just want to take this moment to to thank and acknowledge you for being here brothers and and listening to this this conscious conversation and yeah, I just invite you to 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 be with everything that you've heard in this podcast. And just take a moment to yourself to to really absorb the the resonance and the the vibration and the frequency that that has been delivered because you've been guided here for a a special purpose. 
And if you feel like this resonated with you, share this with as many men as you can, you know, keep spreading the light, keep connecting yourself with other men, be a part of a physical men's group in your location. If you don't have one in your location, reach out to DSRI and we will provide you with a blueprint so that you can create one. You know, let's join men and gather men of all races, all religions from around the world so that we can unite as one and dissolve any competition and unhealthy sexuality and masculinity so that we can be whole and complete and be the guardians, be the shepherds of this incredible planet we live on. Thank you, Brother Deus. Thanks so much for having me, Silver. I really appreciate it. It's lovely to spend some time with you like this. It's an absolute pleasure as always. Let's do it again. Mm -hmm. Thank you, brother, for tuning into this episode. Be sure to look out for the next one. Share this with every single brother out there. It's time to find your tribe. If you need anything, just reach out and I will be there. Let's stay connected. It's time to awaken the sleeping lions. I love you. <laughs>